This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Welcome back. Now, I hope that those of you who are near a computer have uh, gone to uh, listen live. We're streaming live so they can see us as well as hear us at zoomerradio.ca. And that is because I am here with our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, John Papasturgio. And we have all heard about naloxone, the use of naloxone to reverse an opioid overdose, about how it can save lives, about how there are free naloxone kits that you can get at the pharmacy, and how people are being encouraged to use these kits uh, if they see someone having an overdose, if it's a loved one, because, you know, um, this opioid addiction can happen to just about anyone. Uh, but the bottom line is that uh, a lot of people, I would say myself included, would feel very uncomfortable about trying to do that. So John has arrived here with a naloxone kit, and he is going to talk about it and show us on camera how to use it. Hi, John. Thank you so much. I know. It's good to be here. And, you know, we're talking about a really important topic today. It's uh, essentially a crisis uh, going on across Canada. And uh, I think uh, pharmacy's really been called upon to to get involved with managing, uh, you know, this important important problem. And uh, uh, naloxone kits now are available for free in, um, in community pharmacies. They're available to anyone that's taking uh, any opioid, really. So I think one of the big misconceptions... Uh, is that, uh, you know, these kits are only for, you know, street drug users, heroin addicts, uh, things like that. Absolutely not. We're talking about prescription opioid medications. Many, many patients are on them. It's very easy to kind of forget to take, uh, forget, forget if you've taken a dose and double your dose, uh, you know, for people that may, um, uh, you know, uh, erroneously, you know, use the wrong medication, anything like that can put you in a crisis situation. And that's why we're making sure that uh, uh, patients that are candidates for a naloxone kit have one at home and are trained to use it. And that's an important aspect of this. Okay. Can you have the kit there? So show it to Absolutely. So this is a a naloxone kit right here. This is what you get in your pharmacy. It's packaged in this nice little kind of uh, uh, velvet case here. And uh, once you open it up, you'll see there's a, a bunch of different things in here. And the most important thing you'll notice is that there's two doses in there. So there's uh, two amps. I'll take this out and show you. So these are, this is the actual naloxone. It's, uh, you know, contained in an ampule. The reason that there's two doses in the kit is, uh, you know, naloxone's not a, a Pac-Man. It doesn't eat up the opioid that's in your body. What it does is it reverses its effects at the receptor. So it only lasts about an hour. So if a patient is overdosed with a lot of uh, opioid and, and say they're far away from uh, a hospital or medical care, in theory, they may need a second dose. And, you know, if you go over that 40 minutes, hour mark, 
uh, you're most likely going to need one very similar to epinephrine and an EpiPen for patients that are having allergic reactions, right? So what, what else is in our kit here? So this is the ampule here, and this contains the, uh, the actual drug. There's a syringe here that you're going to have to kind of uh, draw the medication uh, up in and, and So you it. break the ampule. Yeah, so the first thing you would do is you break the ampule and you just yeah. pop it off. It's, yeah, uh, it comes yeah, off. Do you want me to do it? I can uh, show you guys. I just thought, you know, it's a, that's okay. it right there. So it's drawn. And you can see if you do it the way I did by, yeah. by using your hands, you can get a sharp edge. There's actually a little tool in here that would help you break it. It's this thing here, but I find in an emergency situation, just you're rushing. Just break it. Just break it. Okay, I mean, it's and, uh, very and, simple to and break. Do you want to show us how to? Yeah, so uh, the, you know, I'll just leave this here. Uh-huh. Uh, what would happen next is now you have to draw up uh, the medication. Very, very simple. You take off, uh, This is there's an exposed needle here, yep. right? And you would pull down the boy. You could pull down the plunger and put some air in, but you don't really need to, to do that. So what I would do next So is, the plunger is all the way in. All the way in. And now yeah, you would you, just draw it up, right? right? So I'm going to try drawing up a bunch of naloxone there. And you get everything that's in the ampule. Sometimes there'll be a little bit left. If you get some air in there, you don't have to be a nurse. It's okay. We're not giving this in the vein. We're just giving it intramuscularly. So it's fine to do that. So if you see now, I've got all the naloxones kind of in, okay. in the syringe. Now you're pretty much ready to go. That's how simple it is. Okay. I say it's simple, but you know, in a, if you're in a crisis situation, uh, it can be a little nerve-wracking for someone that's never, never given this. Because you've got to remember, it's not the patient that's self-administering at this point. The patient is unconscious, right? So it's someone that knows them, a friend, family member, or whatnot. And that, that's why we try to encourage, uh, uh, you know, friends and family members to be trained as well. And, and the program allows for that. So if they have someone that's on opioids living at home, it's okay to come into the pharmacy and get Where- where do you inject that? Where do you think? I think we may have talked about this before. This is There's a common misconception around this. That's why I ask. We, when we asked the patients in our pharmacy, we did a kind of a pretty large survey. Guess where the most common answer was where people thought they had to inject this? And we you, were talking about in, it out in the green room. In your behind? No, in the heart. People thought in the heart? And you know oh, that's, they, that, it's because of the movie. Pulp Fiction. So they did that in Pulp Fiction, right? And people think that's where you do not inject this in the heart. That's very important. First first rule of thumb, this this is a, an intramuscular injection. You can give it like a flu shot right into the arm if you want. Okay, right but you have, to, it has, you have to take all the clothes off, obviously. Yeah, I mean, if you're panicking, you could go through the clothes too. It's going to be a little bit harder. But yeah, try to expose the arm and get yeah. it through. Uh, same thing, you could put it in the leg, but uh, it's an intramuscular injection. That's very important. Oh, so you don't need to put it in the uh, behind? No, you don't have to, unless okay. you really want to. <laughs> but uh, but uh, you, you really want the naloxone to get in an area where there's a lot of blood flow, right? Because the quicker it gets into the bloodstream, the quicker it's going to be able to counteract the effects of the opioid, right? So, uh, uh, you know, the arm, I think, is a real easy place to do it, and kind of in that deltoid yeah. region there or in the thigh. It's easy to do. And you see, this is a pretty long needle, eh? So this yeah. is not a needle we use for flu shots or whatnot. So this will actually, if you need to, it'll go through a fine Can I see the top, yeah. the top of it? Yeah, so yeah. so you just push it down. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. So if I were, uh, I, can, do, I don't want to do, spray no, it all no, over no, the place, no, but no, if I push no, it down, don't. I can spray up. Yeah. And that's it. And uh, I mean, you know, when I first, uh, you know, when it, we, we first became aware of this in pharmacy, I had some concerns around people that have never given a, a, a shot like this. 
Um, it's not hard, but in a crisis situation, it can be a little bit nerve-wracking. So uh, it's well worth getting the training. There are other things in the kit as well. So, I mean, there's an alcohol swab here. So if you expose the skin, ideally yeah. you want to kind of rub it down with a little bit of alcohol. So you Beforehand. Start, before you yeah. inject, right? Yeah. So it just looks like this. It's uh, yeah. just a regular alcohol swab. And then there's... Uh, uh, some gloves here uh, for the, the say it's a stranger and you're not yeah. sure if uh, you want to administer uh, the naloxone uh, without gloves uh, you you can wear the gloves you don't absolutely have to but uh, uh, you can put on the gloves and we also have uh, a face shield and this is if you have to administer CPR right the CPR guidelines have changed a little bit too they don't you generally recommend breathing into the mouth anymore you can just do the compressions but uh, uh, there is a face shield for anyone that's uh, trained and knows how to give CPR because oh, there was there was Something about that recently where um, I think some officials were saying you should give CPR, but uh, again, it's the same thing if you're not trained. If you're not trained, there's a risk. Yeah, you should be trained. I, I, I think anyone that's taken first aid uh, certification should give the CPR. If you're not trained in doing it, you could actually cause quite a bit of damage. So it's not something you should do if you don't have the appropriate training. And like I said, I'm not an expert in uh, uh, in CPR, but I think that the last time I took the course, they were saying you don't even have to do the breathing in. You just do the compressions now, right? But this is in there uh, uh, and available if any anyone wants to use it. That being said, this seems pretty complicated. Uh, it's there. It's, uh, it's not as bad as it looks, but uh, it speak to your pharmacy if you think you feel the training, but we have another solution available in Ontario now too. And this is the intranasal naloxone. I'm, I'm not sure if you've heard about that. This is now being covered in Ontario pharmacies also by the Ministry of Health. It's a much, much easier to give. This is all it is. So uh, what you do is you would put this into the patient's nose, you press down on that plunger. Mm. This is just a demonstrator, okay. and the naloxone would shoot up into the nose. Okay, right? so, so like why would even why would we even go this there? Was and do you have only ha- recently covered? Okay, right? so. And do you hold the other nostril? Don't have to do no, that. no, just and, and it's just in one nostril. Just in one nostril. The most common question I get is: uh, Is this going to work if the patient's unconscious? They're not breathing, right? Yeah. It doesn't need to be inhaled. It actually just gets absorbed through the mucosal membranes of the nose. There's a lot of blood flow there, right? Same thing. This is not an antidote that's going to last forever. You know, you got about 40 minutes to an hour, depending on how much opioid the patient's taking. You've got to get them into the a hospital as well. Um, Again, this was recently uh, covered by the ministry. I think partially because uh, uh, it's ease of use. It's much easier to use. It is actually dramatically more expensive than uh, than uh, using the injection, though. So uh, they've made the investment, obviously, because we're dealing with such a such a big crisis. Right. I know what I'd rather use. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Even <laughs> yeah, as a, a caregiver, as a as a healthcare provider, this is way easier. This, I mean, if you've never given an injection, it takes a little bit of skill and confidence to do it. But that's what the training is for. So. If you pick up uh, either of these in a pharmacy, there's no real training involved in this. The pharmacist will uh, show you how to do this. But there is actually uh, uh, training that's done by the pharmacist to make sure you're, you know, they're confident that you're able to give a dose if you need to give it by injection. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give the numbers out again. Uh, if you have some questions about what we've just been talking about, which are naloxone kits and how to administer uh, this if, uh, if you uh, find someone who is experiencing an overdose, whether it's a loved one, whether it's a stranger, uh, any of those things. Uh, we have all been encouraged to do that, but you know, it's, it's not something that we do every day. So this is really great information, John. Thanks so much. But of course, John is here to answer 
all of your calls and questions about things pharmaceutical. Maybe it is about using an opioid uh, or about anything else. The numbers to call before we go to break, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And we'll be right back after this. Now, Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Welcome back. Uh, we just got a very important and enlightening demonstration from John Papasturgio on how to use a naloxone kit, two options. Uh, you can inject it, or uh, the much easier looking option is is uh, a nasal spray. He's here to answer your questions about that or about any other pharmaceutical questions. The number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 866 40 and let's go to Margaret in Kitchener. Hello, Margaret. Hello. Nobody likes me there, but however, I would like to know who makes these naloxone kits and who pays for them. Uh, Great question. So actually, uh, it depends on the pharmacy. The pharmacy can put a kit together. There's certain requirements of what has to be put into the kit. Uh, when this program first launched, we were just, you know, buying the uh, syringes, uh, you know, separately, buying the naloxone obviously separately and putting the kit together. Now there's actually companies that have kits pre-prepared. The only thing the pharmacy would have to add is the uh, the ampules of naloxone there. Um, and then uh, it's paid for by the Ministry of Health. That's part of the publicly funded program now. So if you qualify, you come in, you show your health card, and you, we, we would give you a kit uh, for free. So the patient uh, wouldn't have to pay, but uh, obviously the government does. Okay. You're not very clear. I don't know if it's my phone or yours. But I didn't get who makes these kits. Oh, so it, it, they would be put together at the pharmacy, but now there's kits that at are pre-made by company. a company as well, yeah. So which company makes the kits? Oh, they're, they're distributors. You just yeah. buy them. Yeah, but the, the naloxone uh, wouldn't be in the kit. Who? The pharmacy would add that. Right. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. All right. You're welcome. Um, we have a call all the way from Ohio. Tom in Ohio, go ahead. You're on the air. Yes, I, I just had a question. What if you gave the shot in they weren't having an overdose and they didn't need the shot. Do you cause another problem? Absolutely. What a great question. That was on my list of things to talk about. So, no, that's that's a great thing about naloxone. So say the, the patient is unconscious because, uh, you know, they ha- they're having a, a diabetic episode or something like that, and you're not sure, uh, and you give them a shot of naloxone, really it's actually very, very inert. Remember, I said it's just blocking the opioid receptor. Worst case scenario, that patient, uh, when they wake up uh, from whatever they're suffering from, they couldn't get some diarrhea, some stomach upset a little bit. But the reality is it's not dangerous at all. So uh, if you need to err on the side of caution, give the injection if you're not sure, or if you suspect there may be a chance that uh, uh, they've, uh, it, it, you know, injected a large amount of opioid. Say they, they, they had a heart attack and you inject it. Again, nothing's going to happen to that patient because it's not really a stimulant like epinephrine or anything like that. So um, uh, short answer is uh, you don't really have to worry about causing any harm when you give uh, naloxone. Okay, great. Thanks. You're welcome. Okay, let's go to Jennifer in Scarborough. Hello, Jennifer. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? I guess you just um, answered the question I was about to ask. I was just about to ask if you don't know if the person is suffering from uh, a drug overdose and maybe they're they're diabetic, 
I was just going to ask the same yeah, question. Yeah, it's a good question we get a lot because people worry about that, right? Yes. Worst case, they don't want to cause any harm. And, uh, you know, if you see a patient lying there, what you, you do. The reality is you're, you're going to only inject naloxone or, or give them the intranasal dose if you suspect there are no, they've, they've, you know, had access to opioids or they're an opioid user. I mean, now we know uh, uh, many of the street drugs are laced with fentanyl, right? So we've got, you know, teenage uh, uh, kids and young adults dying, uh, you know, cocaine being laced uh, with fentanyl. Uh, fentanyl is a very, very potent opioid, right? Uh, a small, small amount, so minuscule amounts of it mixed in, uh, uh, you know, with these street drugs could cause, uh, uh, you know, patients to die. And the reality is in those scenarios, if you're not sure, you're safer to inject uh, 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 the naloxone. And uh, if it is opioid related, I, I think, you know, people that have ever seen this, you'd be amazed how quick the patient responds. It's almost instantaneous. Uh, the minute the naloxone gets into the blood, patient's eyes pop open and, and they're alert. But again, it won't last forever. This is the thing. If they've taken a lot of opioid, uh, you may get 45 minutes, max up to an hour, but you got to get that patient to the emergency room. Call 911. Yeah. Administer it and call, call 911. Similar to an EpiPen. Same message for anyone that has anaphylactic allergies. If you, if you use an EpiPen, uh, it's not a cure. You still got to get them to the hospital. So is there a different reaction than just passing out you have to look for? Well, no, I mean, someone that's, uh, you know, that, you know, it's it's a, a cascade, right? So if you've taken, uh, you know, too much opioid, generally the first things you start seeing is they'll, they'll tend to be drowsy, start to fall asleep, you get respiratory depression. But if they're absolutely unconscious, uh, uh, you know, not breathing, that's the worst case scenario. That's a severe uh, overdose and, and you better manage that very, very quickly or the, the patient can die. Okay, thank you very no much. Problem. Thanks, Jennifer. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now, uh, both our callers and you mentioned uh, that it could be a diabetic coma. Okay. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Because a lot of people out there have diabetes. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, you know, and generally we don't see that with the type 2 diabetics. That's the type 1 diabetics, right, that will go into, like, the diabetic shock where they, you know, their blood sugar gets so low that, you know, they may pass out or whatever. Uh, you know, to manage that is different. Generally, uh, we give those patients uh, uh, either uh, sugar, uh, and that will uh, wake them up. In the most serious uh, situations, there's a drug called glucagon, right, that will kind of uh, reverse the effects of uh, uh, kind of a severe diabetes reaction. Uh, that's not as common. You know, I mean, I, I, it, it does happen, but most of our patients with diabetes, I think, are pretty well managed. They, they know the signs as they start to get really low and, and they're able to manage that. But, uh, you know, I, I know our paramedics do deal with it quite frequently and, uh, and they're, uh, they're different treatment than this, but it can be managed also. So I think for you know, most patients with diabetes, if, especially if you're prone to suffering from lows, just be aware of the signs, right? You don't get the uh, tremor, the uh, kind of the sweats, you feel unwell. Uh, if you have diabetes, that's probably a good sign that, hey, uh, you know, I'm, my blood sugar is uh, dropping less than four here. I better, you know, uh, get some sugar in my body, and uh, that will generally reverse it. Okay. Uh, Mel in Toronto. Hello, Mel. Hi. How are you, Libby? Fine. How are you? I'm okay. My question is, do we have geographical areas that are pinpointed by the government, which is mostly used, uh, you know, about, uh, you know, this opioid 
The crisis has gone nationwide now. Of course, there's there's regions that, you know, there's uh, definitely pockets where we see more opioid abuse, but I wouldn't say there's parts of the country that are immune to it. This is something we're seeing coast to coast. It's happening in Toronto. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's happening uh, all over the place. So it's become such a crisis that... Uh, uh, you know, it's on the top of, uh, uh, you know, every healthcare professional's mind, I think, right now. And uh, in some areas like Vancouver, it's really, really bad. Yeah. And they're having deaths there. You know, some weekends they're seeing like 20 deaths from opioid-related uh, uh, overdoses. So this is not uh, a small issue. And it's, uh, you know, a part of it is due to prescription opioid drugs, for sure. And another part is due to street drugs being tainted with uh, fentanyl. And that's... Uh, it's a whole other problem, and that's, uh, you know, fentanyl powder, powder is being uh, made available now, and, and these drug dealers are mixing it with uh, uh, street drugs to make their product a little bit more potent. And unfortunately, if you're opioid naive and you happen to get one of those batches, uh, very, very serious consequences. If you don't die, you could be uh, suffer from serious long-term effects as well. And some of these kids, uh, you hear the stories, it's horrible. Uh, uh, you know, naloxone will help with that as well, but it's got to be it's got to be available. It's got to be available. Well, uh, um, do you have your radio on? Okay, you have your, I'm going to let you go, Mel, because you have to turn your radio one, one, down. One, one more question. Uh, are these uh, suicides or uh, drug-related uh, things are more concentrated on poor areas rather than with wealthy areas? Well, listen, I mean, I know it's, I, you know, maybe there's, uh, you know, in certain pockets of, you know, uh, lower socioeconomic kind of uh, areas uh, are maybe more prone to certain drugs, but it's not by any means a problem just of the poor. This is a problem that we're seeing across demographics. Uh, people all over the country, like I said, are suffering from this. There's prescription and non-prescription kind of uh, causes related to it, and uh, uh, it could be your friend, it could be your neighbor, it could be the old lady down the street that, you know, uh, has some memory issues and she's forgotten that she's taken her hydromorphone once today and takes it another two times right so it can be anything and yeah, i don't think or we people could... people get addicted they they're taking painkillers after surgery that yeah. they need and and um it happens yeah i think we have to be very very careful not to stigmatize people uh, uh you know based on some of our misconceptions because this is happening uh, like i said across the the country across demographics and it's something we gotta we gotta kind of deal with Okay, and just a, a, a little reminder, uh, people, um, when you're calling in, you have to turn your radio down. Otherwise, uh, it's a really nasty echo that we get. So uh, when you're on the air, radio turn down, please. Um, John, we don't have very much time left. Uh, what would you like to leave us with on yeah, this? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is uh, if anyone's concerned, if anyone's taking opioids, and I'm, I'm talking even like uh, occasional prescriptions, things like Percocet that you may be taking occasionally for pain. And before you know it, maybe you're, you need more because your, your arthritis is getting worse or whatnot. Go and speak to your pharmacist. It doesn't hurt to have one of these kits at home. You never know when you're going to need it. Get trained. You may be able to save uh, someone's life because of it. And it's a, you know, a 10-minute interaction with your pharmacist. Uh, all you need is your health card. Let's get these kit kits out to as many people as possible. And hopefully, 
we'll save some lives because we have a real big problem on our hands. Okay, and uh, we uh, showed this on video, and we are going to be posting it on our website. So uh, if you uh, need to review it, and that's probably not a bad idea, so just go to our website and uh, you'll find it there. Uh, Give us a a little bit to do that. It'll be up there by tomorrow for sure. And, uh, you know, I I found this very, very instructive and important. Uh, John Papasturgio, thanks so much for coming by with the Naloxone Kit. It's great to be here. Thanks. Okay. And that is all the time we have for fight back for today. Remember, Free For All Friday is coming up. Uh, The uh, battle between Kathleen Wynne and Doug Ford got really, really nasty. Uh, That started yesterday. We couldn't take all the calls that you had about that. But as I said, Free For All Friday is coming up. Uh, So please call back with that. And uh, about any other things you want to talk about, whether it's potholes, whether it's anything else, we'll see you tomorrow. And John, thanks again. And we now break for traffic and news. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.